And we are live. Data storytellers. Today on the show, I have with me Stephen Keys. Stephen is the head of insight over at Appreciate Group, and he has a very interesting background. Quite a, a, a quite a strong professional background as well. And um, I will pick his brain on all things data today. Stephen, welcome on the show. Hi. Thank you. Fantastic. So, first question, because most of our audience. Uh, uh, won't know you. Would you mind uh, giving a short introduction into what led you uh, into the world of data and how you ended up being the head of insight over at Appreciate Group? Yeah. Okay. So I think I've um, I've always had an interest in in numbers, I suppose, and um, and I think through the course of my studies at university, um, which I I did business and marketing. Um, I'd kind of got interested in terms of, you know, the marketing side of that and kind of what drives people's decisions, um, choices, uh, et cetera, and how marketing can help kind of drive benefit from that. But then kind of linking that to data is my, my, my early days in the kind of data and analytics space was, was as an analyst in a marketing function, drive, you know, analyzing um, customer behavior, customer trends, and direct marketing and and how that how that works way way, way back in the mid nineties uh, uh, at this point so um, so that's kind of how I, it kind of I, I kind of I suppose transitioned into that kind of from understanding and, and really loving working with numbers to then really getting excited about how organisations um, uh, communicate and, and attract new customers and how they build build. Uh, commercial value from it and then I, I kind of spent about 10 years as a, as a practitioner and working my way up through that working across a number of sectors so I started in retail I mean in, at, at the time um, mail order retail was pretty strong in terms of its use of data um, you know we had big data sets or what we thought were big data sets at the time which were probably a data a data warehouse the size of a terabyte you know and terabytes nowadays you can pretty much get on a usb stick you know so um it was what we thought was probably big data at the time and um and so built up a lot of skills and uh, capability in terms of using sql and SaaS and various different tools to um to get to the point of how we use that data for segmentation for targeting um for analysis for uh, measurement um and, and then I moved into retail banking and retail banking, I guess, at the time was, was another sector which was um, evolving and increasing its use of customer data. Um, so understanding what transactions people are making, understanding um, how you can retain and how, how you can acquire new customers, increase value, etc. And I spent five years then working in um, retail banking across um, lending products, across um, uh, kind of current account and money transmission products. Um, and you're kind of building myself up to a up, up to a level. I, 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 I and, and then I worked in in telecommunications for a short while as well. Um, again, a, a, another booming sector in terms of understanding data usage. You know, the whole whole business case for the. I went into kind of create a data analytics function at a company that eventually got bought out and taken over by Vodafone. Um, 
uh, on the sole use case of predicting churn and using our data to try and understand why customers or, or, or predict when customers are likely to move their contracts to other providers. And then can we do proactive calling and can we build a business case where we can actually try and retain uh, our customers? Um, so I've spent some time there and then I kind of went back to retail banking and, the, and, and interestingly, I suppose, within a B2B context then. So I spent some time at um, uh, a really large um, uh, a bank, a retail bank, but predominantly in, in business to business. So taking some of the concepts that I developed and delivered within within consumer and trying to you know tailor that and change that to how we would you know do similar things really um, you know acquire more customers uh, cross sell to customers retain customers drive value but also this time I suppose supporting um, uh, a sales function you know in terms of providing that data in such a way rather than doing through you know large scale direct marketing campaigns but actually providing data to sales teams who can then action that, pick the phone up and, and it's, it's, a, it's a different way of kind of being able to, um, uh, um, I suppose, kind of deploy insight uh, and deploy analytics into a sales function as opposed to into kind of um, a kind of large scale kind of CRM uh, uh, platform. Um, and so I spent kind of about 10 years or so, like really heavily as a practitioner, um, and and doing more things, doing slightly more sophisticated um, techniques. You know, these days we probably call it data science. We didn't call it data science in those days. It's kind of statistical modeling and um, etc. Um, and then I I kind of took a bit of a, a a bit of a transition then into consultancy. Um, so I worked for for about eight years, seven or eight years for two of the large largest management consultancies in the UK. I'm I'm, I'm focus predominantly around customer transformation, customer experience, customer insight, and then and then the latter half of that specifically around data projects. How do you then evolve a data capability, um, picking on specific projects? Um, did some really fantastic projects actually in terms of, you know, in, in the on- online gaming sector, which I've never worked in before, and some fantastic um, uh, amounts of data available there and some really really great use cases in terms of uh, using that um so i'd spent quite a bit of time in um in consulting quite a lot of experiences a lot in different markets um doing things for example things like price pricing strategy and building kind of wargaming type things where you can uh you know if if cost if um Business A increases their prices by five percent. What happens to their competitors, um, and and lots of different things. So some really fantastic projects. Um, and then um, I decided to kind of kind of leave the uh, the consulting market and and then go into kind of more leadership roles. So I led um, uh, in, in retail predominantly. Um, so I've spent the last four years, four or five years, particularly in the retail sector looking at loyalty programs, um, data science um, initiatives, um, and then my current role um, is looking across a broad range of what you might call insight from um, from BI to analytics, data science to um, development of our CRM platform, um, 
and also in terms of the the research and the kind of uh, market research competitor research and customer research aspects as well um so i think you know lots of different um experiences um lots of different sectors um and but all fundamentally about how do we understand more about what's happening either with our customers or within our operational environments and using our data to do that to then drive either look increased value improved efficiency um and and ways in which that fundamentally the business is doing things better and 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 making more value from from its data mm-hmm. yeah. so and and that's you know that that's my passion i suppose really is being able to see things that maybe other people think might be there or might not be there but actually be able to see the data itself um and then and kind of tell the story about what that data really is telling mm-hmm. us and how do we how do we change what we're doing because of what the what the data is is telling us is out there or or and make you make that assumption right don't you so that you know what you see in the data is largely driven by what the customer's mindset might be etc mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um yeah so that's kind of you know potted 25 year history in in this field across mm-hmm. um like I said, numerous different places and use cases it sounds like you have a a uh, wide breadth of experience and also you work at different levels of seniority as well mm-hmm. and it's it's a very very long time in the 21st century this you know 20 25 years especially when yeah. we talk about uh, data and data analytics so from your perspective and i'm i understand that it might be uh difficult to maybe nail down just one single thing but what were some of your main challenges during your professional journey when you tried to engage an organization and make sure that being data driven was not just a buzzword but really became a way of life so what were some of your your yeah. biggest challenges on the road i think i mean i mean it's 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 probably it's the the, the subject of this podcast right so i think to the challenge sometimes is is you have a lot of data there and you have a lot of great ideas but how do you get someone to see what you see um and and then want to back you in terms of wanting to be able to do that and i think the the real um the real the real moment for me i think was when i moved into um into a consultancy into into consultancy roles and actually the the, the kind of personal development that you would go through in that particular role versus i suppose making my way up through as a as an analyst to a um to a manager of analysts to etc Uh, it's quite different and you know one of the first things that kind of graduate consultants get taught is how to structure a story you know and you know you come up with these different acronyms acronyms or processes around situation complication resolution and all these things is about how do you take um the thing that you know and the thing that you found and the thing that you want to say and structure it in such a way that enables the recipient to understand it um and therefore to to be probably as passionate as you about actually doing something about it and and that seven seven or eight years i spent in in management consultancy i think um really sharp on that um that skill i suppose um a lot because you know if if i couldn't do that i couldn't sell a quarter of a million pound project to a client yeah so um and and that was my role so 
um, you kind of have to sharpen a lot of them skills and actually you, you become a, I, I became a bit more commercial in the way that I could think about actually what the opportunities were um, a bit more uh, structured in terms of how you might then put a, a program together based upon the things that you, you see and the outcomes you want to get to um, and also able to, to talk to people who probably you know, the, the first time I mentioned the you know regression analysis or anything like that, they switch completely off. So how do you kind of still get them excited about the things that it's telling you and believe you the things that you're telling you to then want to go and make something different? And I think that's the key piece for me is recognizing that uh, it's a very different skill set and actually how you develop those skills and and how you pick up some of them hidden tips in terms of how to do that um, wasn't necessarily something that I uh, I got as much in that first kind of period of my career, but certainly in that period there, um, um, a lot of time. And actually, now I probably spend more of my time doing that and, and working with my team to say, well, okay, how do we go and tell the story about what that what that piece of analysis is telling us? Which are the key highlights that we want to focus on, that we want somebody to go and do something about, or to help us do something about? And um, and, I, and I, I probably spend probably I don't know seventy five percent of my week, you know, doing that or presenting that or do you know what I mean? So, um, I th- yeah, I think that's the kind of the real transformative moment, I suppose, and and why I was really excited about um, kind of doing this podcast because I think it is uh, it, it's really key. And and actually, what I kind of take away from a lot of that is with my teams is uh, aiding their development in that same way. And the recognition is that, you know, um, is that the easy thing is to go and develop your technical skills as an analyst. Um, and I say easier and it's not easy, but um, but it's the first thing that comes to mind is when you write, when you write a, a, a PDP, a personal development plan, and you go, what are the things you want to go and learn? And it's right, I want to do a course for this and a course for that, and a course for this, that and the other. And generally they're technical um but actually some of these other things are really really important because um it can be very frustrating when you've got something on your head and you just can't get it out um and uh, and so really really important those are such great insights and there's a bunch of stuff that i would like to uh, go into detail here so let's maybe start from the, the big big picture here because what we understood over the years that it's almost like a conceptual challenge for people who work in these hard skill oriented professions, you know, numbers, statistics, mm-hmm. technology. How would you ap- actually articulate from your perspective as a data professional, uh, what kind of skills are we talking about? How, how would you like to label it that actually relates to data professionals? Is it people skills, human skills, soft skills, yeah. public speaking skills? Yeah. So I, um, I structure everything across three lenses. Mm-hmm. When when I when I talk about people, I talk about. I mean, when I do my own development plan, which mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I'm still do, still doing, um, but with others is is I pick on three things. And um, one is technical, and it is about you know, um, programming code uh, languages, um, uh, using BI tools, um, statistical modeling, statistical statistics. Excuse me, mm. easy for me to say statistical <laughs> tests, things like that. Um, and uh, that's definitely the technical. And then um, the other bit is then um, it is uh, a kind of around uh, commercial skills, right? So understanding how do how does a business make money? 
or, or what are the objectives and understanding that commerciality of what it is we're trying to do. I think it's really important to understand the P&L in terms of the organisation we're in, because those are the numbers that we're effectively trying to change. And um, so I think that's really, really um, quite important. And then the last one is the softer skills. And it is about, um, it's about being able to tell stories. It's about being able to um, build relationships, build trust. Um, uh, yeah, and, and those things are, in my experience, those last two things, in fact, are the commerciality bit and the, the kind of softer personal skills are two that two areas that I suppose quite often get overlooked or, or maybe don't get overlooked, but we don't pay as much credit, as much importance to um, because I'm an analyst. You know, I want to do analysis um, I might not like talking to people about, about what I'm doing, but I have to. And if I want to get on, I have to. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So in previous roles and in my current role, that's what I kind of talk to the Team, teams about and, and, and trying to get them to view the, their skills under those three different lenses and then think about you know what is it within each of those three things that I want to do and I want to be um, and, and, and uh, look to develop that and again it's not um, it's not about training courses uh, I, I, you know I learned quite a lot as well um, I don't know I, th- these percentages quite often change but this kind of 80-20-10 or whatever it is in terms of uh, experience versus um, picking up from your peers versus um, structured training. Um, and actually, I, I really do believe it. I'm one myself in the fact that I can do as many training courses, um, but until you actually start doing it and, and talking to people about it, it quite often doesn't stick as much. Exactly. Well, this whole four stages of learning, right? When you start with unconscious incompetence, when you don't even know what you don't know, then you are being exposed to the right information and you become consciously incompetent. You you still can't do it, but at least you understand. And then as you start to put it into practice, you become consciously competent, but it's still clunky, still takes a lot of manual control. It's not a competence per se. And then the final stage, which only comes with practice and experience of success and both failure, you can develop unconscious competence when it's just second nature. So we found exactly the same. And also what you mentioned about um, these focus areas with the technical skills, commercial skills, and the soft skills. Because since we've been doing this, since 2017, we had a a company that we sold in 2020 called uh, Data Leaders. And it was just about bringing together uh, top data professionals from large companies to discuss common challenges and establish best practice on how to lead a data function. And it actually surprised us that the conversation naturally, when we gave you guys free reign on what to talk about, always went to that area. So technical skills, it's almost a non-starter. You know, it's, it's, it's what you guys are naturally good at. And also in that space, there's just so many solutions out there already. That, that, that's not the, the biggest challenge. The challenge is exactly as you said, it's more about commercial savvy and business understanding. And then mm-hmm. most importantly, the soft skills. So if we want to do the 80-20, I think this is actually what we naturally started to focus on, 20% about business understanding and really uh, adopting that mindset of thinking with the business's brain, right? What are the priorities in the business, how a business functions? And then 80% of soft skills of how to communicate, how to build relationships and how to tell these powerful stories. 
So that's fantastic. Um, of course, with our scope here at the, at the data storytellers, and probably the name betrays this, um, our focus is not at all on the technical skills. We're not really good at that. And uh, you guys know this way better than we do, right? So what we do is really provide a platform where we can unpack what makes a data pro- a professional successful when we focus on business and communication. So maybe uh, uh, let's spend a little bit of time on each of these. So when we talk about commercial skills, and the business skills. What do you think are the keys for a data professional to understand the business and develop commercial savvy? What do you think are the key priorities here? Yeah, a couple of things, really. So firstly, is um, I always like to, wherever I've worked, I, I kind of like to try, I want to be a customer, you know, and, and, and go through the process. So the, the organization, the company where I'm at at the moment, we have a number of different websites and, and businesses. And um, and actually, one of the first things I did was actually go and purchase from us and, and just to go through that process because you, you start to then get a sense of um, the thought processes that customers are going through, the experiences they're getting, which ultimately result in the data you see. And then I, you know, because I can go and code, right? I go see my own data. So, <laughs> but you, you get the you get the understanding of kind of the process that I've gone through and the journey I've gone through to where I am. And then obviously all the communications and things that I get as a customer, um, which I obviously have um, uh, input into what they are and who gets what and all that kind of thing. So I think the first thing is really just is be a customer. Is is walk walk their shoes, see what they do, think what they think. Um, uh, uh, and then that just means that when I look at the data is I've got context and I understand, you know, why that data might be saying what it's saying, because I've been through that process. And I think also, you know, alongside that, I think is also, you know, where there is research, where there is kind of external data about that. I think that context is really, really important um, uh, because, now, the last thing you really want to do is if you know you could be doing the most sophisticated machine machine learning model but if it's not actually um uh, indicating reality then it's not actually going to deliver you any value so i think that's um that's really important and um, the other one is then as i kind of mentioned before it's about um uh what does the pnl how is the pnl structured right so um how do i how do i see revenue um, what margin do I make on that? What profit do I make? What are the costs involved? You know, and just understanding that because if I'm going to propose, um, you know, some uh, some particular uh, um, initiatives based upon the insight, uh, I need to get the business to understand what the opportunity is and therefore how does it affect the bottom line within that organization, within the organization. So um, I think that's also really important to understand. Um, and now, you know, it doesn't mean become an accountant, right? And um, it just means have an appreciation of of what that is and and how how you make value through that. So an eye opener for me is, is the organisation I work in. We sell gift cards, and and therefore all our profit, most of our profit, is driven by utilisation of gift cards. Actually, is a chunk of our profit is driven by non-utilisation of gift cards. But it, it's understanding some of these dynamics, and it actually says well. Um, then uh, uh, how do we how do we show the value that things that um, that we want to do um, 
how do we show that value and how do we show that it actually makes an impact? So I think really is it's, it's so important to have context and so important to understand um, and to understand your data in the context of how it's how it's how, how it's um, how it arrives there and 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 then so important to understand actually if you want to do something different, how do you make value? Where, what, and 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 that's the kind of PL side of it. So those two things I think are critically important. And I, I've never really been one to think of, of of an analyst or a data scientist as somebody that sits in a dark room and does some code. I think it is really important to see what's going on around and and um, and articulate the insight and the findings that you get in that way and, mm-hmm. and get people to understand what that is mm-hmm. by talking their language almost. Absolutely. And, and, and data never exists in isolation, or at least it should not, right? Because its very purpose is connected to the business. And that's what it actually shares yeah. with the people in the business. So both the data yeah. and the people are part of the same business. Now, once we have that context, let's move on to people. So when, you, when we talk about data, first of all, why is it so important to to understand people as a data professional? Can you just uh, give a, a, a short executive summary of that from your perspective? And then we can move on to some of the specifics about relationship building, trust, and stories. But if you had to summarize, uh, why are human skills, people skills, are so essential for a data professional today? Um, well, if, if, if I was a sole trader and I worked solely on my own, then perhaps it's less important. But the problem is, is I'm not, and we're not, you know, and therefore um, I I can't change the world on my own. And therefore other people need to help me or I need to help them. And um, uh, and, and uh, so therefore it's very important that that communication um, is, um, is good, right? And those relationships are strong and that trust is strong. Um, and, and therefore, and, and almost the... Um, the need for each other is strong as well, right? So, um, and as, as long as we're kind of um, my, myself, my team, and outside of the team are kind of moving in the in the same direction, then really we should be collaborating. We should be making sure that um, uh, and and it's, it's about about other people's um, context as well, right? So, um, you know, in, in I go back to the example where I was saying before I, I kind of moved into a business to business um environment and um it, I'm kind of I kind of get the insight and I get the data and I get you know because I've done uh, banking before and I, and I, and I've, I've 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 used the tools before and and all that but if I don't if I'm not able to go and talk to the recipients of my of that data or that insight and really understand how they want to see it, what's going to really help them. If I can't do that, then, um, you know, we're not going to realize the benefit and the value of the things that we're, we're doing. So um, the reality is, is we're a whole team and therefore we've got to communicate and we've got to believe each other, trust each other and work together to kind of get to that point. Because, um, yeah, I, as much as I'd like to, I, we, we can't do everything by ourselves. Absolutely. And even if you're a sole trader, right, you do have customers that you need to communicate with. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's interesting. Is it's, it's that point about listening, isn't it? Whether you're listening to your customers or listening to your stakeholders or, or whoever it be is, um, 
you know that's so much so important as a as a skill and as a as a, to, to focus on actually how do you listen um how do you um act act upon that you know what i mean and, and ask more questions and yeah so yeah exactly exactly and um this is the same basically when you want to sell an idea and you always have to like whatever profession you work in you almost always have to but definitely when you work in data because it's something that people still are not familiar with it's kind of like a strange alien world and even if people kind of buy into the hype around data which definitely helps right it, that doesn't allow them to see what you see i think you, you you mentioned that before and it's as accurate as it gets when we talk about storytelling yeah. it, it goes down into the, the whole thing mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing's kind of come together because there's lots of lots of instances where um, um, people have a feeling, have a gut feeling or a hunch about something, and actually, or or a um, a hypothesis uh, in consulting terms. But um, it, it's like, um, and and actually, what our role is partly is to one is to back that up. So I'm not overly surprised if um, if everything that we do as a or we deliver as insight um, is new news. I think largely, if one is it backs it up, and two is I can quantify it, right? So you might know that um, a particular product product is the, is right for a particular type of person, um, but one of the purposes of my analysis is one to back that up or dispel it, um, but two is actually to quantify um, how important that is, you know, through lots of different techniques and uh, correlations or whatever it might be. Is so I'm not overly surprised if I'm not telling you new news, but what I am doing is I'm giving you greater confidence that that's right or wrong, um, and I'm also um, telling you how strong that I'm, and how right that is, if you like, um, and therefore potentially how um, how we can get value from that or not. So um, I think the interesting one sometimes is is uh, when you find something that is contrary to what what um, long-term thought has been, right? And, and that's happened a number of times. And this is where that those softer skills are so, so important. And also the technical skills. The technical skills are really important about how do you visualize the behavior, the, 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 the finding, if you like, and then how do you deliver it? Um, and and uh, in a sensitive way that you're not just, you know, telling someone that they're, they're stupid because I don't ever believe that. But just saying, look, look, here's some evidence, um, and uh, this is what we see, uh, and uh, you know, let, make make bigger the data tell the story. Then, as opposed to actually um, uh, using your own kind of, um, uh, uh, I don't know, yeah, thoughts or kind of experience. Your own intuition, absolutely, and then. Yeah. And I would love to explore some best practices here. Now, uh, before we uh, uh, go a little bit further into that of, of how to build trust and how to make sure that you have these strong relationships to support you and maybe even how to deliver uh, uh, impactful stories. Uh, first, in your career, how should we imagine this? So as a data professional who operated at different levels of the business, what were some of the key types of conversations that you've had to exercise these soft skills. So how should we imagine this? Uh, are we talking about you uh, uh, speaking to uh, business users? You're speaking to the board, senior executives. Like what are some of these 
archetypal conversations that you can identify, maybe getting buy-in from senior management, maybe uh, getting someone to adopt a data-driven way of working on the ground. What do you think are some of the most important touch points for a data professional in that sense? I think the interesting thing is about um, uh, thinking about your audience, right? So, and who we're trying to have that conversation with. So um, in, a, a, in, a, in a board meeting, there's a bit more structure to what you're trying to say and a bit more around the commerciality and probably a little bit more um, um, maybe overconfidence, I suppose, in terms of the way in which you deliver that. In, um, uh, in a consultative way, there's, there's situations, I suppose, where I've kind of been working in a post-sale situation with, with a client and I'm sat down working with the team and, and it is much more about actually we all, you know, how do we work together to kind of get to this point obviously you know knowing the direction and knowing the things that we're trying to achieve but it, it's a different set of skills i suppose isn't it you kind of got to build trust in a different way um that you're just not going to drop the minute when you walk away right and um so uh so it's just about recognizing um you know the, the people you're talking to right and i guess it's um uh i guess that seems obvious right that's marketing 101 right know your customer um but uh, um, I think that's really key. Um, and about therefore, you're kind of going to structure your conversation in a different way, um, and uh, and 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 the outcome of what it is you're trying to do. Right? I might just be trying to get uh, if I'm selling a project, you know, I want that agreement and I want them to close that deal so that we can sign and start moving to a delivery mode. Um, it's just about understanding who it is you're talking to and what it is we're trying to achieve at the end of that personally, but also collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's, um, it's kind of a valuable conversation. Mm-hmm. And what are your best practices to do this? Because I know that there are different methods here. You can do independent research. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can kind of look into uh, the different aspects of the business without even talking to people. And there are obviously the more interactive ways of sitting down with individuals, asking the right questions. So uh, what was your best practice historically in terms of connecting to your audience and understanding their real desires, frustrations, and priorities? Um, yeah, so I think, um, I think typically, uh, you know, if I'm meeting someone for the first time, um, I think what I would be looking for or asking is um, of people that may know the person that I'm meeting for the first time and just some insights on that way. So um, uh, in, in the consulting world, we used to basically build kind of stakeholder maps um, to understand in terms of the final decision maker, who are the other people around that you kind of need to get, you, you might want to have a conversation with to try and understand what those frustrations might be before you get to that point. So. Um, and and it would be quite um, yeah. So it, it's about kind of understanding their networks and about um, those decision makers and influencers, I suppose. Um, you know, th- there is things like you know looking on things like LinkedIn and stuff like that. I mean, they tell you so far. You, you know, I, I think, don't think people necessarily post frustrations and things like that on LinkedIn. Do it's generally good news stories. But um, so it's, it's just trying to work, understand um, that broader network. I think and. Um, yeah, I mean, more often than not, when we're kind of meeting a client up in, in my previous roles, when you're meeting a client for the first time, then generally it's through an introduction or through, um, and, and that's kind of ways just to understand, actually, what, how, how do we need to 
how do we need to to kind of talk about this? You know, what kind of structure do we need around this? Um, but I think the other thing is is um, it's just the planning bit, right? It's it's so important to 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 to, to put that hard yards in in terms of the planning before you get to that point, <clears throat> knowing that if the conversation does meander elsewhere, that you have thought about it beforehand as well. Mm, that makes sense. And then and then as you start to acquire their perspectives and you start to get in touch with their priorities. Um, how does that eventually lead to a fruitful relationship? Because that's what we're looking at, right? So trust always comes up. So, so what are the keys to develop trust with your audience over time as a data professional? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think one of the first things really is to, um, is to do what you say. Um, and uh, I, I just think it's so important. First impressions count, um, and all that. So, um, so it's so important that when you say you're going to do it, you you do it. Um, so you can at least be trusted in in that sense. Um, and then it's just about kind of getting to know the person that you're trying to build that relationship um, with, and a bit, yeah, as you said, a bit more about um, who they are, what their challenges are, um, so that you can understand that. But I do think, um, yeah, I do, I, I do think, I think probably where I, I can kind of think probably of moments where, you know, I've not built that trust with people. Mm-hmm. I think probably that has been in situations where maybe I've said I was going to do something and not, not done it that way. And probably, um, yeah, over promise under delivered. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you, th- th- those are the things that probably drive you, I suppose, in terms of the things that don't go well, because you never want that to happen again. Um, uh, yeah. So I think it's just, yeah. It's one of the virtues. Yeah, it's one of the virtues of the data transformation leader that you're reliable and that you follow up yeah. on your promises. If you think about that element of, of leadership, because ultimately that's what you're doing, even when you are not necessarily uh, at the helm of, I don't know, like a, a, a huge team, you're not responsible for 50 people, you are engaging in leadership, uh, even if you just try to present a perspective to someone that you want them to buy into, right? You, you are exercising leadership of vision in that sense. So when you talk about uh, uh, leadership, one would be reliability, but what do you think are the other virtues of the ideal data transformation leader. Can you think of anything else? Because during these conversations, many of these come up and it's a very important piece of storytelling, you know, where the story actually comes from. It's important to understand who attended the story too. It's very, very important to uh, uh, iron out the, the actual story, but then it comes from somewhere and that's you and the position from where you articulate that, that story is super important. So what do you think are the cardinal virtues of the data transformation leader? Yeah, um, a, a great question. Uh, I think so, sometimes it's about um, it's about recognizing um, where the journey needs to get to, um, and, and what that outcome uh, needs to be. I think it's so important sometimes just to keep that always in mind, um, because you know I have been guilty in the past, and and uh, and I, I, I call other people out sometimes as well in, in my teams that where where we meander down different rabbit holes and end up spending a huge amount of time delivering zero to where we want to get to as a vision. Um, so I think it's really important to, to have that. And also I think B 
be the person that challenges whether we are whether whether activities are um are taking us in that direction right and not be scared to call some of them things out right so i think it's it's not a single mindedness but it's just having that clear understanding of of what it is we're trying trying to achieve and and then it comes about actually making sure that other people understand that vision and that end point and that goal and are bought into that same uh same outcome right i think um what what i'm what i'm not though is is generally i'm not the person that knows every answer right so and that's probably about the consulting part of it and and speaking to other people and the collaboration about actually um trying to understand or know the right people to speak to to get to the right answers to get to the right decisions um and make sure that you can get to that point so i think what i found is is um as 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 my career has evolved it might be that um overall i have less answers right in terms of specific solutions i just know what it is we need to get to and i will use the people around me and the team that i've got on and uh um to to kind of help us get to that um that point but what i do have is, is i'm thinking further ahead in terms of what that what that needs where that needs to get to and i will use people with different skills around me as someone once told me once actually sometimes is that um the best leaders don't know all the answers and actually what they do know is they know someone who does know the answers and it's just about sometimes having that network um as well to make sure that um you've got people you can consult and people that you can it can help because yeah I, I don't think anybody knows absolutely everything or if they say they do perhaps it's a red flag yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. so, so this is very insightful because we spent some time talking about the audience and the importance of relationships and trust so this is really the the recipient's of any given story. And then we explore best practice on what kind of posture to take and you're trying to influence someone with the story. So that's fantastic. The only thing that's left and maybe we can finish on this is the actual story. So uh, can you think of any best practices over your career that you identified when it comes to telling a powerful story with or about data to influence a key stakeholder, maybe some of the best practices yeah. and, and some of the pitfalls that you can think of would be very helpful if you could share. Um, I think I, I could probably think about examples where it's not gone too well, right? And that would probably be where the story is very complicated. And so what I would kind of take from that is simplicity is quite important. And, and whilst the world is not that simple, I get that. But in, to, in order to be able to get a message across and get someone to understand what it is you want to achieve, um, simplicity is important. Um, and and uh, and also, again, the same person that said to me about important is not knowing all the answers, but knowing people who do know the answers also said to me on an interview um, once is um, start with the answer. And then then tell me, tell me how you've got to the answer instead of stringing me on on a very long story and and great you take me on a great journey but by the time you get to the answer I've probably switched off a little bit so i think the other thing is yeah keep it simple um start with the answer and then um then tell me how you got to the answer and then tell me the answer again um but just i, I think um 
yeah, there's a tendency, I think, because we do very complex jobs and we have very specific skills and there's a, a whole lot of data around um, to actually show lots of things. And I think really the, the, um, the best stories are a bit simpler, a bit shorter and get to the point. Yeah, they find a way home. Definitely. When you are all over the place, sometimes you can just lose track. So simplicity, focus on the answer. Uh, Those are great points of advice. So fortunately, our our time is up. But um, maybe if you could share your personal recommendations to aspiring data leaders, someone who spent 25 years in the industry, you've really seen these changes, Mm -hmm. you've seen success and failure. What would you recommend uh, data professionals to focus on if they want to become successful in this environment? Um, so I think um, one thing really, it's just be inquisitive and don't be scared to ask the questions. So I just think the more context and the more you understand about the business you're in, um, the better your analysis and the better your insights will be. And so, so ask questions be inquisitive same goes with new tools you know new data you know new software is it's just be inquisitive look for these things um have a go uh but yeah can't always be inquisitive and um, ask questions try to understand it yeah i think that's i just think it's um it's probably one of the most i say that I say that a lot to my team, I think, is just be, don't take things for granted. Ask mm-hmm. questions. That's great advice. Stephen, thank you very much for your insights. We appreciate you, sir. And we wish you the best and hope to have you uh, on the show, maybe speaking to our community at some point in the future as well. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thanks very much.